Vandy just may have found some offense over the weekend. We talk about it right here. This is Locked On Vandy. Let's go. You are Locked On Vandy, your daily podcast on the Vanderbilt Commodores, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Vandy Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Corey Burton. Thanks for making Locked On Vandy your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And speaking of every day, after week one, I'm hoping to gain a few everydayers each and every day. Uh, we've, I, You will be the foundation of what we do here uh, for the Locked On Vandy podcast. Well, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com backslash locked on and use the lo- use the code locked on for a first deposit match of up to $100. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. Well, I'll tell you what, over the weekend, Vanderbilt found some offense. Vanderbilt's offense just got way more exp- way more explosive, too. They landed two big fish, uh, first starting with offensive coordinator Tim Beck from New Mexico State, and then they added they added a quarterback, uh, quarterback Nate Johnson from Utah. And so we're going to talk about them here uh, as, as we go. But the, the first big piece that fell with all of this transfer portal stuff, and this is the thing that they had been waiting on, this is the this is the hire that that all of these quarterback targets have been waiting to see what Vanderbilt was going to do, the ones that were interested at least, and what they were going to do. Well, apparently Vandy was waiting for the New Mexico New Mexico Bowl to end because Tim Beck was uh, going to coach his final game uh, for the New Mexico State Aggies. They hired him uh, just seemed like just hours after the game, probably had a deal in place. And was just waiting until the end of the game to announce it. But man, this is it. This is a huge deal because this, as I've been saying, as I said all last week, the situation that Clark Lee is in is not a great one. And it's not a great one to attract a lot of top notch talent because there's not a lot of people out there that want to come into a situation like Vanderbilt is in and say, okay, well, they were two and 10. They were this close to almost fire. They were very, very close to almost firing their coach. And I'm not sure that I want to get into a situation like that. I don't I don't know that I want to leave where I'm at just to go for a one-year rental. Well, on the others, on the flip side of that concept, is you have a guy that, hey, I need to go and see if I can prove myself in the best league in the country. And that's the and that's the Southeastern Conference. And it doesn't matter what team I land on. This is a situation for me to get and coordinate against the best in all of college football. And Tim Beck did just that. So I I personally love this hire. And I, I think Vanderbilt fans will love this hire because he brings a lot to the table. Now, again, New Mexico State's offense among Conference USA teams in 2023, which how, they, how they're not in the Mountain West Conference is beyond me. But they are in – Conference USA. They were first, and this is brought and this is by Vandy six two. Uh, that's a Twitter account. Uh, he put these stats out there, but uh, they are first in explosive run rate. Twenty or they're second in 
EPA per play, second in success rate, and second in scoring drive rate. They were 31st overall in FBS of total offense. Uh, they had a lot of other uh, stats as well. I mean, I, I'm excited for this thing. You know, they were uh, they averaged 28.7 points per game, 224 yards through the air, and 204 yards rushing per game. Uh, if if you want to look at balance, that's balance, right? Uh, they if you watch a Tim Beck offense, they're predicated on the run game, right? They they they're run first, run heavy, and they are and they have a lot of emphasis on running the quarterback as well. Uh, they had 409 rushing attempts at New Mexico State. They averaged 5.8 yards per attempt, and that's with a guy that I didn't think was the best runner in the conference. Uh, now they get Nate Johnson, who will talk, who I'll talk about here in just a minute. But you know, I, I think that when you watch, and as I said this, I, I said this very briefly last week, but when you watch New Mexico State. They run a well. I don't want to say they run a lot of different things. They probably run the same thing a lot of different ways. They they formation you motion put people put guys, you know, have guys go in misdirection, all of that stuff. And they uh, they have a variety in their run game. They uh, they they keep it they keep it fresh I, I, for lack of better words. Uh, Diego Pavo ran for eight hundred fifty six yards on the season. They had two running backs go for over 500 yards as well. So you can expect the quarterback to be <laughs> amongst the leading rushers. He's going to be as much of a factor as uh, as you can get in, in a run game. Um, uh, again, in later episodes, we will break down exactly what I'll do is I might put on a – I might break out a few clips here and uh, we'll uh, we'll go with it. So – I, I'm excited about what Tim Beck can do. Um, <laughs> he needed a quarterback that could do this, and I think Nate Johnson is is more than capable. So Tim Beck, brand new offensive coordinator, is you know I I think I, and I said this in many too short, and, and I'll leave it at this. Tim Beck is a is the best move that Clark Lee could have possibly done. I, I think what. What I said about this offense, what I said that Clark Lee needed to do is they needed to go out and get somebody that was that was different, unique. And different isn't always bad. Unique isn't always bad. Mike Leach was unique. Tim Beck is unique in the way he does things. He's he doesn't do things the way you would think it could, you know that you see in the SEC. He doesn't do things the the conventional way that you see at Texas A&M, that you see at Georgia, Florida, Arkansas, which Arkansas probably should have done something like this with what they have in K.J. Jefferson, which wherever he lands, that's going to be an incredible place. And for Tim Beck to come into this league, I, I think is going to be something that's going to give Vanderbilt a chance to close that gap a little bit and be more explosive. And if they can be more explosive, their offense can stay on the field. They can put pressure on opposing defenses. They can put pressure on opposing teams. They can really put themselves in some ball games that you didn't think they could be in. And so I'm excited for just that. 
to see that Vanderbilt is not going to be such a pushover and the fact that they are going to have some, some plans and they are going to have some things that they can do and do well. But that all comes into play with, with quarterback Nate Johnson. Nate Johnson committed on uh, last night as you're watching this. Uh, he was a Sunday night commit, a weekend commit, uh, coming from Utah, which is very, very exciting. If you saw Utah and you saw what they were able to do, Cameron Rising went down preseason, didn't play all year. And you, you saw kind of what they did with the quarterback position. It was kind of like a rotation-based almost, which – never really seemed that one guy could get any footing, but a guy like Nate Johnson, when you watch him on film, he pops. He really stands out, and I think he is perfect with it with the way he plays. He is perfect for this scheme because the scheme is run heavy. Nate Johnson, I mean, Nate Johnson can throw. Let's not get let's not get that to us. He can throw, he can make all the throws, and he's he's a pretty good quarterback, but he's a weapon. He's a weapon with his legs. He's a weapon in, in the quarterback run game. You know, if you watch his game tape, if you watch some of his highlights from Utah, uh, one of the games that stood out to me was Baylor. I think there was a there was a single drive where he kind of just took the team on his back and just said, okay, I'm just going to run quarterback power. Everybody knows I'm going to run quarterback power because they get in these, like, empty power sets, and they just pull people and, and just annihilate people. And they were very physical at the – at the point of attack. So what Nate Johnson was able to do was find these run lanes, explode through these run lanes and, and make some plays. He was able to gain five, six, seven, eight yards, which later turned into big plays and, and was able to put a few across the end zone as well. So I I'm, I'm excited about that. I, you know, I, I believe that Nate Johnson is going to be, he's got three years of eligibility. Let's just get that out there. Um, he, you know, he is uh, – and that's because he was able to appear in just four games and keep his redshirt. He had 499 passing yards. He was 39-72 with three touchdowns. He rushed for 235 yards and four touchdowns. And this is just in limited action. He had – he was actually – and I don't know what they were – I don't know what the philosophy was out there, um, but he was able to start – three of the four games that he appeared in. So he did enough to to garner the starting nod from uh, from Kyle Whittingham. And that's a pretty big deal. I, I'm guessing he got banged up. I'm I I'm I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened. I, I would I would be willing to, to to come try to find out, but like he is He's a special dude, and, and he jumps off the page, and I think he's going to add a huge element of explosiveness to this, to this. I was going to say Utah, but to this Vanderbilt offense. And Tim Beck got his dream scenario, got a really athletic quarterback that can run and throw, and I thought that'll fit well into his scheme. And I, I think being able to disguise a lot of this stuff will also help Nate Johnson be able to have more success back there, not only throwing, but running as well. It'll help the running backs. It'll help the offensive line. I mean, the, the schemes last year, I I would, I would watched a couple of Vandy games, and I, I couldn't – you know, the games that I watched, I couldn't tell what they were trying to do. I it, and, and no wonder the offensive line looked terrible at times because there was no rhyme or reason, and I think those guys were put in, put in difficult positions. So um, – you know, we'll we'll talk more about this here in a little bit, but OC 
is in place now. Tim Beck. Nate Johnson, quarterback one, is in place. So very, very exciting. So when we come back, we'll continue our portal talk. We'll continue talking commits um, as these two aren't just the only only things that Vanderbilt reeled in this weekend, but we'll we'll talk about all of that next. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle, level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. All right, welcome back. Thanks. For, this is the Locked On Vandy podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Vandy, the Locked On Vandy show, that is, your first listen. And, and when you're done here, make sure you go and check out Locked On SEC. I'm sure they're talking about all the portal commits that's happening right now. All There's some basketball action going on. Uh, basketball just got, got fired back up. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, but I, I think the Locked On SEC podcast does a great job. Zach Blackerby, Locked On Auburn, Stephen Willis, Locked On Ole Miss, uh, Locked On LSU, uh, Locked you know just Locked On Utah. If you want to go, you know, if you want to go backlog all and go hear about all the things that Nate Johnson was able to do last season and how excited they were and probably how bummed they are that he's leaving, he might be. Uh, well, I think they're going Big 12 next year. So he he might have been one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12. But I guess we'll never know because he might be one of the big best quarterbacks in the SEC. Hopefully so. But uh, welcome back. Like I said, it's the Locked On Vandy podcast. We're talking. Uh, offensive coordinator Tim Beck comes in, brings a variety of schemes, a variety of looks, uh, just, to, just an ex- overall explosive style of play, aggressive play calling. Uh, likes to likes to push the ball downfield, likes to run with the quarterback, likes to get numbers advantages that way, and has to operate with a dual-threat quarterback. Well, they got just that with Nate Johnson. And as I was saying about Nate Johnson, I mean, he, he had limited action, but A, he was able to become – he was a three-game starter for Utah, and I think they were doing more of a rotational thing and just trying to find the right fit, and I, I don't know that – I don't know that, that that benefited them a whole lot because they they fell back in the the Pac-12 race, but having that at their disposal and having that piece, even coming off the bench and even in the run game, even when they knew, even when teams knew that Utah was running, it was still effective because they got numbers. They would formation it and do all that stuff, put Nate Johnson in positions to uh to su- succeed so you get tim beck you get nate johnson it's a great great duo to uh to add to your offense and obviously this has got to mean some other pieces are going to fall um luke fortenberry um 
it was a tight end, Copia Lincoln Community College JUCO kid. Um, he committed today. He committed over the weekend as well. Uh, that's exciting. Get a big tight end target. Something that uh, you know, something that can add to this offense that kind of attacks the middle of that field. If there are any RPOs that are that are heavily involved in uh, the tight end is is a big portion of that, and and uh, Fortenberry is certainly. Uh, somebody to, to to keep an eye on. I, I think he could be possibly a weapon as well. Uh, but going back to the quarterback position, I mean this this is exciting. You know, this offense is going to be exciting, and and this is going to be something that's going to put black and gold people <laughs> in the seat. Not not orange, not red and black, not purple and gold, not burn orange, which I, there, there's probably going to be a lot of burn orange fans coming because this might be their first time to Nashville. They're going to get a game. I can tell you that uh, if Nate Johnson stays healthy. He is uh, – there, there was a play in, in the Florida game, which I, I think this is when we learned that Nate Johnson was a dude, was, in the, was when they played Florida. And you're like – and I was like this. I'm sure everybody listening was like this when – Nate, when Nate rising, when, uh, when Cam rising went hurt, went down and was announced that he was out for this out for pro. I think at the time it was, they weren't sure how long he was going to be out. It ended up being the entire season, but nobody knew exactly how long. And so when you, when you previewed this game for against Florida for, for Utah, I think the line at the time was Utah minus 10. And I think it got teased all the way down to Utah minus six and a half. I think it got all the way down to six and a half, seven. And when Cameron Rising went down, it went the other way. It either got down to even or even uh, nudged into Florida's favor because, oh gosh, like you're on to your backup quarterback and you're going against the Gators. But little did Florida know, little did anybody know, Nate Johnson burst onto the scene, scored that 27-yard touchdown where he broke some ankles. And there's clips of it on YouTube. And we'll, and if you want to go search it up, search up, search Nate Johnson on on uh, X, and you'll find you'll find all kind of clips. And it's probably all kind of people posting the same clip of, of him just destroying somebody's ankles uh, with with a juke move, but. You know, it's things like that, things like that he's able to do. And in college football, that's a weapon. And if he's able and he's able to throw it, and as he develops as a passer, he's gonna be a hell of a runner, man. This is gonna be this is gonna be exciting. He's uh and and we'll get more into him as well. Um, you know, we'll we'll try to bring some film in, you know, on on a slower day and just say, okay, this is this is kind of what this is kind of what we're what we like here. And and so I'm I'm again this offense. You added a lineman, you know. You had you had some receivers visiting. That has to be great news for the receivers that were visiting. Okay, now people are going to be fired up, and now some more offensive linemen might be fired up. And we'll we'll kind of we'll kind of know some of the offensive linemen that visited this weekend. We'll kind of check in on them as the week progresses, and and as as we get some reports on how their visits went as well. Should be almost a domino effect. Should be some more commits coming down the pike. <laughs> literally um so this was the biggest this was the biggest hurdle like it didn't feel it felt like this was this day was never going to get here oh gosh never going to hire an offense coordinator but uh but it's happened got the big quarterback commit to go with it so everybody can exhale and breathe
you got you got a weapon and quarterback now, and you got somebody that fits the offense absolutely perfectly. So Nate Johnson, quarterback one, Tim Beck, new offensive coordinator, and uh, the offense just got more explosive this, over the weekend. Another commit that I want to talk about is Cordray Snyder uh, coming in from Purdue, and and unfortunately for him, he is overshadowed because obviously the two uh, the two bigger happenings this weekend with uh with commits you had uh tim back and nate johnson coming in and and everybody seemed to kind of forget this defensive end outside linebacker corday corday snyder and i think i added an extra r in his name so uh corday i i i apologize uh, but he is uh again he is the latest transfer commitment uh, on the defensive side of the ball he appeared in 10 games limited snaps he had he had just Five tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, and two sacks. Um, in 22, he had 22 tackles, six and a half for loss, and two and a half sacks. Um, he's somebody that I guess had a hard time getting getting his footing, um, and a lot of this is just he's six four, two sixty five, and I, I just don't think he could quite crack a pretty good Purdue defensive line. Um, he, he was, you know, the stats don't jump out at you, unfortunately. And and that's something that people are kind of like, who, who's this guy? Like, why is, you know, but he's super talented. He's fast. He, he can, he can, he can get off the edge. He's, he's big enough to play kind of with his hand down in the dirt at defensive end in some passing situations. He's, you know, he's good enough, quick enough, I think to stand up. He's, he's pretty versatile if, if you really kind of think about it. And, uh and a lot of teams were thinking about it because he had offers from Mississippi State, UCLA, Minnesota, Boston College, South Carolina, Louisville, NC State, uh, to name a few. Probably had a, some other Power Five people in there offering him as well. Uh, he has two years of eligibility remaining. So obviously these other schools thought enough of him, and, and South Carolina has been taking a lot, of, a lot of transfers apparently and a lot of them from Vanderbilt. So – uh, this guy, Corday Snyder, is, is going to be – I think he adds a lot to the edge of our defense. And he is somebody that will uh, play a big role, play a versatile role with what Clark Lee does. And I think Clark Lee likes to have kind of a bigger guy like that and, and somebody that can get after the passer and somebody that could be a force in the run game and somebody who's strong enough and fast enough to kind of do a little bit of both and be able to move around and – uh, probably be on the run, be on the strong side most of the time on the edge, and, and probably have somebody leaner and faster off that weak side edge to where they're going to stand up primarily. And he might have his hand in the dirt in some situations and be standing in some situations, depending on what personnel packages they have and stuff. It he's a very he jumps out to me, and he's not a stat monster, so he doesn't jump out to me as like a physical freak where you're just like, yeah. You know, it makes total sense why he would sign anywhere because wherever he steps on, he's just a freaking stat monster and he's going to annihilate whoever he plays against. No, this guy is a prototype, like this guy is a prototypical scheme fit. And I think this guy, just watching him play, I think he's going to fit within the scheme almost like a glove. And I can't wait to see kind of what he brings to the table. A lot of promise, not a lot of production. For whatever reason, and Corday Snyder, and I apologize, you're not Cordray, you're Corday Snyder, 
um, from Purdue, your your announcement unfortunately got overshadowed by uh, the guy's name above you because quarterbacks matter. So, um, but a very exciting weekend in the transfer portal, nonetheless. Two two big fish and and a, and a coach. You get an offensive coordinator, a, a quarterback, and an edge player uh, to bolster your defensive line, and you're in business. So that makes seven commits now from the transfer portal uh, to add to uh, Zalen Wood, Colby Taylor, Brandon Fontenet, Stephen Lasoya, and long snapper Julian Ashby, who we talked about on Friday's episode. So um, you get these explosive players coming in. you got a great facility. If you listen to Friday's show, you got great facility coming in on the end zones. They're, uh, it's coming along there. All that work's going to be worth it. So, um, yeah. Very, very, very good, very profitable weekend for Vanderbilt football. Up next, uh, we're going to wrap up the show. We're we're going to try to figure out basketball because I, I don't know how we're going to be able to salvage this thing, uh, but we're going to do that here next. All right, welcome back. It's our third and final segment of the Locked On Vandy podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your first listen. We hope you become an everydayer. Um, we are brand new, uh, but we are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. So become an everydayer. Be the first. I don't know who's going to be the first, but if you are the first, find us on social media at Coach Burton 36 at Locked On Vandy and, uh, and let me know. Let me know you're the first. But uh, basketball is back in action. Um, the men's team, well, the women's team, I unfortunately I like wish I could talk about them more, but like they're kicking they're kicking tail. They they destroyed Lipscomb. It was just a just a beatdown, just an annihilation. So boring wins get no love, unfortunately, Vandy women. But congratulations. You are I mean, you're you're making some noise. You're you're kicking butt. So uh much, much appreciated there um with uh, with the women's team, but the men's team. Oh man, um, they uh, they took on Texas A and M at the Dickies Arena in Lubbock, and uh, they are now two games below 500 after taking a 76-54 pounding at the hands of the Red Raiders. Um, they hadn't played in ten days, and you could tell um, they tra- they trailed by 24 at one point. Uh, it was it was never close. Um, they, I mean, even though. At halftime, it was 33-25. They were 33% from the field, 27% from three-point range. Like, they never had a shot, man. Uh, Texas Tech was near 50% from the field. Um, they were 57.1% from three-point range. So um, that was uh, that was impressive. I mean, you know, even if, even if Vandy played well, I, I don't know that you can stop a team when they're near 60% from three-point land. Pop Isaacs had 11 points. Vin Allen Lubin uh, led the Commodores with five points. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's, just, it's just demoralizing, man. Uh, they were uh, 229th in the country in assist-to-turnover ratio. Um, a lot of their oh, a lot of their stats are just not good, man. Um but uh, just watching them play, and I saw this with Georgia. It just looks like they're just five guys that decided, "Hey, we got next, man. We're we're going to come out here and 
you know, they walked onto a college court and they're like, okay, uh, what's your name? Okay. Uh, my name is so-and-so and okay, let's, let's play some basketball. And, uh, it, it just would have looked like, and it just, they don't, they don't look like they have a plan. They, they just, they just need to find each other, you know, at some point, you know, they just need to find some chemistry. I don't know where they're going to find it, but they need to find some chemistry because I think if they find that, some things might start falling for them. You know, if if they can work the ball around, make good passes, and create easy shots for themselves, that'll help some things happen. If they could rebound, if they can shoot free throws, like they're struggling in just about every category you can struggle in. And it just looks like it just looks like Jerry Stackhouse is he's just trying to hold on for dear life, and it's just not good. And when you when you get to that point, you kind of lose the team a little bit. And so going into conference play, the SEC is not an easy road. It's not an easy road in football. It's not an easy road in basketball. It's sure as heck not an easy road in baseball, which I can't wait to start talking about baseball. Baseball is going to be exciting. You know, Tim Corbin has got a, another tremendous team lined up. they got some really good commits and yada, yada. We're going to get all into that here in uh, future episodes. If you're a baseball fan, really stay tuned. Go ahead and subscribe now. Um, but, uh, yeah, so basketball just needs some cohesion, man. Just need some, just need some chemistry. That's all it needs. And I I don't want to be super, super negative, but like you can't help it with this group, man. You just, you really can't. So, um, but, uh, their next chance is going to be Tuesday and it, you know, they're going to wrap up, they're going to go into conference play, hopefully, uh, snapping this nice little skid here and, and get back on track. So, um, but that's going to do it for us here at the Locked on Vandy podcast. Uh, uh, thank you for listening. I thank you for joining us. Hopefully you become an everydayer. And if you can, like and subscribe. Find us on social media at Coach Burton 36 at Locked on Vandy. And uh, we're, we'll see you back here tomorrow on the Locked on Vandy podcast on the Locked on Podcast Network. And as always, anchor down.